Booyakasha and welcome to episode 41 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. Tom Laird. And Tom Laird. How are you today? Doing well, uh, especially with this. Another delicious smoothie, courtesy <laughs> of Pan Samarov. What's in the smoothie this week, Anthony? Cranberry juice, mm. pineapple juice, apple, orange, banana, grapes, and uh, coconut juice. Coconut water. We can actually, we should have a lime in this. Yeah. And, and, and sell oh, oh, yeah, you could put a lime in it. They, she put the lime in the coconut. She drank it all up. I do actually, that, that song amuses me, I have to say. So, do you okay. know... Anyway, so uh, are we going to get straight into this? Let's get straight into okay. it. Well, Anthony, you've got something for us this week in terms of apparently that every map in the world's a piece of shit. That is actually true. Okay. Well, not literally true. Because I love maps, and uh, generally speaking... Did you want to be I, a cartographer? I, can, I didn't, but I just like, I mean, I can, I can sit looking at a map for hours and just, you know, looking at details and borders and, you know, Sort of the topography of it fascinating well then you may or may not be delighted to announce that the famous map that uh, by flemish cartographer Ger i really should have um uh, figured out how to pronounce his name gerard Mer someone will tell us gerardus mercator the yeah. german flemish Der german netherlandish cartographer that we've been using our whole lives is maybe maybe disappearing. Boston Public Schools map switch to make amends for 500 years of distortion, reports The Guardian. When Boston Public Schools introduced a new standard map of the world this week, some young students felt their jaws drop. In an instance, their view of the world had changed. The USA was small. Europe, too, had suddenly shrunk. Africa and South Africa appeared narrower, but also much so larger than usual. Sorry, South America. And what happened to Alaska? In the age of fake news and alternative facts, city authorities are confident. When did it become the age of fake news? Because I thought the age of fake news was always yeah. basically right up. And now, now that the alternative media is actually bringing some facts, suddenly everyone's uh, worried about fake news. Yeah. But um, anyway. I mean, the most mainstream media uh, companies and newspapers have been guilty of fake news yeah well i mean they've managed to get everyone into the war in iraq on a pack of lies yep. and uh, they continue without shame yeah so anyway uh for 500 years the mercator projection has been the most popular pro uh, map in the world i would say anyway so what do you think about changing the maps before we get into the details well, I mean, does anybody actually care enough? I mean, is it what? what okay, what's what's the beef? What is the beef really? Right. Well, the, the is this political correctness gone mad? Gone mad? Well, it's up for the viewers at home to decide. But okay. I'm not against this as such, as long as it's not government mandated, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. Um. This map was basically commissioned by Europeans at a time when Europe was seen as the center of the earth. And it does actually give you a very distorted view of what the world looks like. Now, when you're going to create a map, mm -hmm. uh, whatever way you make a two-dimensional map out of 
a three-dimensional spherical object, it is going to look distorted. But this is kind of abused in a European, uh, a European centrist viewpoint. Um, you could even argue with strongly, well, I, I don't think it's there's much of an argument. It is with strongly racist overtones because you've got large imposing Europe at the centre when actually in reality Europe's much smaller and it's a, a further into the Northern Hemisphere. Now, no one would have objected to this in the 1500s, of course. And part of the reason why the map was designed this way was to make the shipping routes to colonies look like straighter lines than they were to um, for navigation purposes. So it wasn't all malicious. But just to give you... Um, so the map's, are, the map's Eurocentric, basically. Yeah. Yes, you're right, but the, the, it's more than that. It's it's um, it's very distorted. So, um, the the 18.9 million square miles of land above the equator actually looks considerably um, larger than the 38.6 million square miles in the southern hemisphere. Okay. Europe is 3.8 million square miles. But it looks larger than South America, which is 6.9 million square miles. So it's, it's hugely distorted. China is actually four times this, um, the size of Greenland. But on the map, China looks about half the size of Greenland. Yeah. And then you've got Scandinavia, which if you look up the map that you know, you think that Scandinavia is a lot bigger than it is. It's only 0.4 million square miles, uh, when which dwarf, but on the, on the map, it, Dwarfs India, which mm. is actually over three times the size of Scandinavia, yeah. and 1.3 million square miles. Um, well, sorry, yeah. just Alaska, okay. 0.6 million square miles, looks much larger than Mexico, which is slightly larger, 0.7 million square miles. And the biggest distortion of all would be the comparison of the 8.6 million square miles of the old Soviet Union, which looks huge in the map, and uh, 11.6 miles of Africa, which is absolutely minimized on, on, on right. the map. So, so it's Eurocentric, it's distorted, and in the end, inaccurate. Mm. Okay. I would say that, that it, it came as a shock to me when I saw this, these stats and I saw them um, compared on the map because yeah. when you, I've come to see the world yeah. based on this map, but actually, my view of the world is completely wrong. It's completely skewed. I don't actually have a proper notion of the relative size of China. I don't have a proper notion of the relative size of Africa. Um, and I think, obviously, any image that you've got in your head is yeah. a map, and it's going to be distorted, but it, it's far overly so. Yeah. I mean, actually, I can know what I'm talking about because uh, Anthony here is actually six feet six, and I'm four feet three. Um, but you would never ever work that out from uh, from looking at this. I but no, what, what, what I don't get, what I really don't get is is Greenland. Why right. does that get such a prominent uh, place on the map? What was the, what is what is the need to make Greenland this huge giant uh, piece of you know territory? If there are any cartographers that can uh, shed some light on that issue, perhaps you'll let us know. I wonder if it's just because of the other places that they were trying to make big, and the only way to actually make the whole thing work was to make Greenland so big. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
So what, do we have a do we have a picture of what the map would look like if it was accurate? Right. Well, I mean, I could. Um, if you go to the Guardian article, yeah. uh, Boston Public Schools map switch aims to amend 500 years of distortion. You can see a more accurate map. Okay. Um, perhaps I can share screens with our loyal viewers, and uh, I might have to. Can we do that? First dangerous. ever. Seems dangerous to me. First ever uh, on the Scottish Liberty Podcast. I'll have to um, hide my pornography first. Wow, well, what's going on there? That this is so that now now is that if this the wharf she's got there. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so this is the map, and uh, perhaps I can, if for any of you watching on YouTube, for those of you which are the majority that are listening to the podcast, yeah. you can't see it. This is let's say a more accurate map. It's maybe it won't be perfectly accurate because there's no such thing, right? But um, I as you can honest, see, it doesn't look it doesn't look all that far removed from the maps that I know and love. Um, I think it looks well. I mean, obviously, Africa is the most prominent place. It just kind of looks as if it's been all squashed up a bit more. Well, yeah. it's actually our map that's been squashed right, down. Right. Okay. I don't know. I don't, is it me or does like Africa now just look like a big flaccid penis? Everything looks like a big flaccid penis when you have your reproductive problems. Okay, fair enough. You have it here first. <laughs> Thanks for being so candid about my uh, problems <laughs> with our viewers and listeners. Great. Um, I want um, to demonstrate. So, You'd be glad to know. Would you care to move on to the next news story? Well, was that it? I mean, like, I mean, just, uh, I mean, so what, what do we, what do we do with this? You give us, you know, you give us all this uh, information. Well, I don't um, really know if there's a libertarian point on it, uh, <laughs> other than the fact that it shouldn't be applied. It, no one should be obliged at gunpoint to use the new decolonialized maps. Okay. However, um, I think that if these new ones spread uh, voluntarily. Then that could very well be a good thing, just in terms of our mental hygiene and trying to have a view of the world that's uh, relatively close yeah. to reality. Where do, where do we stand on the flat Earth? Well, I, I, I guess that we flat stand on the surface of it. <laughs> Otherwise, we just. Like I fed you that line there. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, well, thought, I thought it was just funny. But, yeah, but this, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever, if anybody's ever looked at this kind of stuff. I mean, I, for a while, I was I was into the hollow earth thing. Just, oh, I right. just kind of found it interesting. Quite, you know, these things are fun in their own way. But recently, I, I, I mean, I always knew there was like a flat earth society. Although I, I thought it long ago. I'm saying long ago, maybe 20 years ago. I thought it like just the, the day about the ghost. But apparently, no. There's a whole trend out there at the moment yeah. of flat earthers. Who, uh, and they'll, they'll show you, you know, they'll, they'll claim that they've spoken to pilots and so forth, and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, if you look at it, if you look at the way airlines, you know, fly and uh, the, the way they divert, you know, if they had to actually divert and it was a flat earth, they would be able to do that on this. And they show you a map, everything looks fantastic, but it's absolutely bonkers. Um, and I'm just, that's what that reminded me there. But, I just but saw that. Bonkers, that's not an argument. That's not an argument. <laughs> We'll do it live. 
Okay, so anyway, we're moving on from uh, from flat earths and, and, and decolonialized maps. Tell us what you think about it. Should we de decolonialize the map for? Or, or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, kids, I, they're lucky if they get a look at a map at all. I reckon. So uh, yeah, maybe they should do something a bit more exciting with it. Why are we still using maps? And why haven't we got three D images? Like yeah, not like a globe, but like a, I just thought an actual swivelly 3d thing we were promised can, these things yeah by the and my jetpack my jetpack and my hoverboard my jetpack yeah um so if you know how to program a 3d hologram of the earth let us know yeah we'll get you on the show sooner than later yeah and as long as um, it's a decolonialized 3d hologram of the earth are we on to the cock and some people will suggest that I am the cockadoodle dude of the week because I uh, I I defended decolonializing the maps. I'm sure there's some alt-rightist white supremacists who think I'm just uh, paving the way for African and Muslim hordes to bum rape me, <laughs> but uh, or, or sleep with I my think you're safe. or sleep with my girlfriend, which would be more uh, accurate to that. Not anymore, unfortunately, not. Um, so, but actually, no, the cockadoodle dude of the week is Adolf Hitler. I don't, I, wait a minute, can we actually have a cockadoodle dude who's dead? Well, the thing is, he's the cockadoodle dude of the week, as far as I'm concerned, because I came across his statements on women and his shameless uh, white knighting right. riding to the rescue. <laughs> right, okay. Right. So, on uh, a, fr a friend of ours. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a friend of ours called Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Right, okay. Right. Uh, showed me Adolf's. Uh, you can look this up on YouTube Adolf Hitler's speech on women, right? Who, who's the friend that showed you this? Is I can't it, can't name. Is it name a female person. friend? I'm not going to name one way or another. Is it? A, so you won't even you won't even disclose if it's a female friend because I would know then who it was. No. You? Um, so you, you should be the cuckadoodle dude for a female friend. <laughs> That's if you assume the fact that if you assume the fact that the friend is female. Right, okay. So anyway, what did ha Adolf Hitler have to say about women? When he thinks about women like his mother sitting on a jury giving a verdict on a murder case, right. it should never be. He could never. His poor mum. Uh, it's it's wait it's it's not that it's not that he thinks that women are not competent to do it. He just wants right. to protect. He just her wants from to protect horror. her from the horror of sitting on a murder trial. Okay. He will not have uniformed female police officers walking around running after scamps and criminals. Yes, he will not have them in the parliament, but not because they're not competent to sit in the parliament, because it doesn't raise the value of women. Okay. Uh, there's some MGTOL uh, alt-rightist who's just like uh, being pulled apart at both right. sides uh, at the moment. At, he talked about women in the Soviet Union serving as sharpshooters and women's battalion of grenadiers in Spain. He says, I wouldn't be a man if I wanted to tolerate such a thing. I experienced the war. I saw how the men's nerves were shattered by it doddering, completely ruined and broken. And men should take responsibility for this or resign. That's no equality. 
but inferior rights for women because it's harder for a woman than a man. So, okay. Uh, is, is, uh, is that is that it? is that your case against? Um, well, I've got two more. I've okay. got two more points, but I thought you might want to comment first. Right. Well, who'd have thunk it? I mean, no. I mean, I've, I've read. Uh, similar statements by uh, Adolf Hitler in the past. I mean, if, if you've read the uh, anybody's read Table Talk, which is um, basically written, uh, or uh, what do you call it? Not dictated. dictated. Well, it's dictated by Hitler. It's Hitler's uh, after dinner talks, uh, and it's they've been written transcribed. down, transcribed by uh, Martin Bormann's secretary. So he he actually wrote everything, and it's it's, it's a pretty good insight. And if you really want an insight into the Adolf Hitler, you should, you should read Table. You can't really afford not to read uh, Table Talk. Um, but yeah, he, he makes kind of similar statements, you know, at dinner and things like that. Yeah, he, he was he, he was a bit of a white knight when it came around. But is a, is a white knight? I don't know if white knighting is exactly the same as being a cuck. Are you? Actually, I thought, just clickbait, man. Don't keep it on the phone. <laughs> okay, right. Well, I don't know. He's definitely white knight, isn't it? Right. right. Okay, let me just, okay, here we go. Uh, shock. Uh, Tom Lewis agrees with Adam Hitler. I think when it comes to, I mean, I've, I've often yeah. said this, and uh, I, I stick by it. I think any nation, any group of people that voluntarily puts women in the front line is morally bankrupt. Um, okay. So I, I don't think it, I, one, I don't think it's that effective. I just, hey, call me old Mr. Sexist. I think that uh, men are far better equipped for war than, than women for are. Nothing, the first, for no other reason than physical stature. No other, well, I mean, there's some big women out there. There's definitely some tough women out there, but I think we're just talking to the generalization. Um, you know, if, if, if one, gender has to do it then it probably makes sense I mean, your whole point well, of going to war is to win it history history uh, uh, well i guess with the exception of the vikings where there was uh, pretty much female vikings just like male vikings and, <laughs> well, no i think it's an argument there's female vikings but even there was female warriors so like yeah. shield maidens and so forth no 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 they were they were completely that they fulfilled the same roles as men did i don't think that that's as widespread as people are trying to make yeah. out i think it, it definitely happened then that's that was exclusive to vikings i mean there was female female warriors look look at Boudicca or Boudicca, whatever way you want to pronounce it and she's a warrior queen um so it, it happened um yeah. i just it was just not as widespread, as widespread. Um, well and i guess joan of arc would be another uh, example sure. um of, of that kind of thing so women are women are capable right of or some women would be capable of doing it um but i think generally speaking from my point of view men are just better at it sure so i, I mean i think largely speaking that's true what what the reason i bring it but up as it, it plays into the male disposability of uh, male life being expendable yeah. or more expendable than female life, which historically speaking was actually true because, you know, um, sperm or ten a penny, uh, whereas yeah. eggs would be quite valuable, especially in a tribal society yeah. or, a, or a, say, you know, our ideas of um, someone not, someone being chaste, being pure and innocent yeah. would have been completely out of place say, in ancient Greece where you were meant to get married and have children because whatever your city state was, 
you'd have enemies. You need mm. to have children to go to the army to. And if yeah. you if you didn't if you were chaste, you would be seen as weird, not as pure or innocent. Right. But what I would say is, from a libertarian point of view, um, and um, is just the the collectivist uh, undertone. When he he talks about how what women could do to benefit our people the most uh and and what that obviously is is the traditional role of raising children and um the um where where does women's uh, duty or a man's duty to serve our people come from is is uh, a man or a woman's life their own choice uh, yeah he said he's he, he puts forward the conservative view which many may agree with and many may disagree with that a mother of four or five or six is doing a greater service to the nation than a female lawyer right. and um and 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 doing more more service to the people by um by ensuring the continuation of our people so okay. and the question is as a libertarian okay you might not be for it but should women who are capable have the right to choose for themselves or should society choose for them? That's that's my question. In terms of whether or not they can, yeah. If you serve, have a, pick up a, a tomboy, uh, sorry, sorry to any women in the military who don't consider themselves tomboy, but let's just to 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 make the most ardent case for it. If you have someone who's always sort of been in the masculine side and likes that kind of thing, you know, was liked playing rugby and now wants to wants to do it. I guess if you've got a state, it's more complicated because the state needs to make the decision. But yeah. should people, should society dictate what roles men and women should play, or should we choose for ourselves, basically, and let the market? Well, I guess decide? from a libertarian point of view, it's a no-brainer. But you, you, it's an individual choice. You know? okay. So I guess if a, if, a, if a woman wants to, to, I mean, you don't have to be in the army to fight in the war. That's true. So you know, there's, there's, there's ways and means of doing it. Uh, if you look at uh, the southern states and uh, of uh, of America during the uh, the War of Northern Aggression, uh, there was a guy called Nathan Bedford Forrest, who wasn't he wasn't accepted into the Confederate Army as an officer. So he had he had some money. He made some money, some of it through uh, slavery, um, and he put that money into just. Buying his own regiment, he, right. out, he he bought horses, he bought weapons, and he outfitted his own guys and bought them uniforms and just started his own regiment and just did it. You know, is uh, that so how we should be handling these problems in the Middle East instead of taxing people. To yeah, instead of them. taxing people, if you've got a problem with uh, Bashar al-Assad, maybe you should just outfit your own uh, mercenary unit and go and sort them out, and at least then you would have to bear the consequences of that yourself. Uh, and not the taxpayer, and not uh, well, you know, you know where I'm going with that one. Yeah, sure. And I mean, when we look at what is happening in North Korea just now, um, sometimes when I hear the news stories, I get so mad that I think, Jesus, is this really a case for intervention? Then I remember, well, in order to do that, you know, you have to actually force people at gunpoint, and you've got no no way of knowing if it's even going to be a success. And um, so the thing is, yeah, I, I definitely see the case for not having women in the military. Um, I, I've never been in the military. I don't know much about it. Um, I wouldn't 
so I wouldn't be happy making prescriptions. But uh, my my sense is that people who want to should have the right to, and if they're not, if they don't cut it, then they should be dismissed, just the same as anyone who doesn't cut it. Yeah. And um, well, we the situation though in America where uh, three female Marines uh, sued. I think successfully sued the American military and consequently the American government and consequently the taxpayer uh, for what they said was that the, the 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 tests that you had to do the selection course for being a marine was uh, inherently sexist. Well, okay, so because only men could because well, yeah, because you you no you you need that's like saying that the test for being a pole dancer is inherently sexist. Do you know what I mean? Is it? It's yeah. not quite, but it's it's on the same scale because you need to have certain um, attributes. Attributes. Do you know what I mean? And if some trans person comes along and is so uh, is so well done that uh, it looks like a woman that the manager can't distinguish between yeah. this ex dude and a regular woman, then they can dance. But if, a regular woman? <laughs> sorry. I'm trying very hard not to say that in a, yeah. in a yeah. PC way, but it's hard when, with yeah. all these landmines lying around. Yeah. You get my point. If yeah. no one could tell the difference, then no one could tell the difference. But chances are, chances are diminished, yeah. very heavily diminished. And what Marines need to do um, is be the best. So, yeah. <laughs> no, is that the, the British military? Who, who has the slogan, be the best? What military? That's probably all of them. Yeah. Yeah, so they all think they are. Uh, yeah, so they, they, but anyway, they sued. And I think in Britain it happened as well. There was, there was a, a woman, or maybe a couple of women who, who sued. They had back problems and they said it's because they were forced to march at the same pace oh as, as the guys. So whatever you do, if you give them equal treatment, yeah, it's not right. It's not if right. You give them different yeah. treatment, it's not right. right. So, right. That's, so that's 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 the landmines that you're stepping. I mean, I suppose for me, there's there's a kind of moral dilemma. I mean, the, the, I, I, I see, perhaps this is just my perception mm -hmm. and I need to fix my worldview, but in my perception, women are kind of life givers. Right. Uh, it's a kind of perversion. Yeah, uh, yeah and that's obviously what Hitler was driving That's, that's what he's driving at there as well. So, but he was, I, think I mean, I think, people, was a, yeah. I think he was gynocentric. I mean, he's, he was clearly doted on by his mother. Okay. And his father was overbearing and kind of you know, quite cruel. So I think he was a, he was a gynocentric person, and he 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 fell when he when he fell in love he fell in love massively. I mean he was never in love really with um, with Eva Braun, but he was madly in love with his half niece, uh, Gelly Robel. Right. Um, in fact, two of his girlfriends committed suicide. Wow. Um, and Gelly Robel. That's what it's in. like being with Hitler, man. <laughs> yeah. Drive you to suicide. Yeah, with his gynocentric. <laughs> Cuckold shite. <laughs> so. Right. No, I, I, to, I, no, I understand. A lot of us instinctively have that feeling. Um, you know, uh, you want to protect a woman. You want to put her out of harm's way. Well, I think that's, a, I think that's a natural. Well, where has it got yeah. men? 
Yeah, it can be problematic. Obviously, it can be problematic. I mean, the thing, the weird thing is, uh, he didn't want women in uniform chasing after scamps and scallywags, but he didn't seem to have a problem with women in uniform uh, putting people into gas chambers and doing oh, them in. Is that true? Well, yeah, there was, there was female uh, death camp. It's just, so it's just weird how they kind of thought, well, we've got female uh, prisoners in the death camp. We should have... Uh, female guards there in order to look after their needs just before right. they kill them. It just seems weird, but it, it happened, okay. you know, um, and there was there was, there was was a few uh, high-level cases of where women were death camp uh, sort of common, not commandants, but guards, and they were you know, extremely sort of uh, brutal and, uh, and cruel. Um, well, so you'd have to be. Well, yeah, I guess it would be part of the remit, yeah. So and the, the only other thing was Hitler saying uh, that woman has been the most faithful work and life companion of man in all times. Um, something that no MGTOW believes. Right, okay. Yeah. I, I, Not that I am one. Well, I kind of, I, I, I kind of lean towards MGTOW, you know, I'm inclined towards MGTOW. But, uh, I'm MGTOW curious. I'm MGTOW curious, yeah. Uh, I think... I don't know. Here, here's here's my case against your your uh, your cock of the week for Adolf Hitler. I'm not I'm not vehemently against it, but I just think that there's a there's a albeit maybe aesthetic or uh, sort of um, shallow difference, but there's a difference between a cock and a, a white knight. They're both problematic. They're both annoying, but they're, they're they're both coming from different angles. Your cocks are kind of lefty liberal kind of um you know sort of uh man women are women you shouldn't say that about women man women are perfectly capable men dude women are just as good as men dude right and that's the kind of whiny liberally sort of cuck whereas on the the other side on the, the sort of right obviously adolf hitler on the right wing side of things is that kind of white knight that need or uh, sort of desire to constantly come to the rescue of the, the damsel in distress right. to, to slay the fire-breathing dragon and the beautiful damsel will obviously fall in love with you and love you for the rest of your life. Is um, there a limit or options if we only... If what if we just if we just stick... Well, we can't... If we only stick to proper cuts... Most people okay. can decide All right. who is eligible and who is not for cuts. <laughs> Uh, so can't promise we do it every week, but if it's just the two of us and we don't have a guest and it's a good story, please email us your screenshots yeah. of cuck behaviour to scottishlibertypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to see some screenshots of, of people being cucks because it's funny. <laughs> so anyway, so, but this week, Adolf Hitler, you are our cuck <laughs> before moving, we go before we go moving swift along big announcement big announcement. Big announcement the scottish libertarian party that i am proud and privileged to lead uh will be taking part in the scottish council elections taking place on may the 4th of may the 4th 2017 may the 4th be with you and we are Da, 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 putting up 22, candid 22 candidates, which is great because we I set a target of 20 that I thought was realistic, and we exceeded that. So I like my uh, my mantra of un, uh, uh, under promise and over deliver uh, has uh, has came true. So it's there. We've got 22 candidates, and I shall 
for those of you who are interested. And you should be interested, if you believe in liberty uh, and you live in Scotland and there's one of our candidates in your area, get out there and vote. Even if you're, you know, I know we've got all you madcap and caps out there. Yeah. Uh, all, you know, you know, I, I kind of get it. Um, there's a limit to the political process, but, but you know, just for fun, just for shits and giggles even, go, you know, if you're not registered to vote, register to vote and for once just go and vote for uh, the Scottish Libertarian candidate. Understanding. If you're not a Libertarian but you've got Libertarian leanings and you're inclined to vote for a Conservative or you're inclined to vote for UKIP, fair enough. Can I ask you just to give us then our, your second vote? You do uh, get more than one. You do get more than one on this. Uh, what's the, how do we, we, what do we call this again? Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's well like PR. Yeah, sorry, this is the, the most... Uh, Well-researched libertarian show on the internet. It is. It's, uh, it'll come to me. It's, it's like a PR system, it's not quite PR. We can talk about voting systems at uh, one time because there's a lot better yeah. systems than the one that we have. Yeah. Um, for example... It's a single transfer transferable vote, STV system, that they're using in uh, the Scottish Council election. Single transferable, transferable vote. So you have a you get first choice, second choice, third choice, fourth choice, you put it one, two, three, four. You don't have to do that, you can just put a one uh, for your candidate and leave it like that. But if, but it'd be great if you could give us your second votes if you don't if you're not a libertarian. But if you're not a libertarian, why, why aren't you, you a libertarian? You know, why aren't you a libertarian? Anyway, the candidates are as follows. Uh, Aberdeen City, Robbie Bowman, Ward 9, Lord D side, Aberdeenshire, Derek Scott. Deputy Leader, big shout out. Ward 13, West Hill. Edinburgh City, Daniel Fraser, Ward 1, Almond. Uh, once a guest of this show. Yep. Yours truly, Tom Laird, Ward 5, Inverleaf. Often a guest of this show. Yep. Callum Strange, uh, Ward 7, Site Helen Gorgie. Peter Cedar, Ward 11, City Centre. Dumfries and Galloway, Chris Collins, Ward 1, Stenra and North Rins. Peter McCain, Ward 4, Annandale South. East Ayrshire, check this out. Uh, Amrick Singh, Ward 1, Annick. Lisa Murray, Ward 2, Kilmarnock North. Steph Johnson, Ward 3, Kilmarnock Western Crosshouse. Stephen McNamara, Ward 4, Kilmarnock Eastern Hurlford. Caitlin O'Brien, Ward 5, Kilmarnock South. Stevie Brannigan, Ward 6, Irvine Valley. Shiraz Shafiq, Ward 7, Balloch Mill. Gordon Bircham, Ward 8, Cumnock and New Cumnock, and Mark Mitchell, Ward 9, Doon Valley. That means that the Scottish Libertarian Party have a candidate in every single ward in Kilmarnock. So if you live in Kilmarnock, you've got an excuse for not voting Libertarian. That's a hotbed of classical it's, liberalism. It's a hotbed of classical liberal thought. Yeah, and that's all down to Stevie McNamara, our membership secretary there, Thank who's so done much. sterling and stalwart work. Uh, East Renfrewshire, Al Finlay. Yeah, former party leader. He is now Ward 3, Giffnock and Thornley Bank. Fife, Callum Paul, Ward 11, Kirkcaldy also Central. Also a guest of this show. Also a former guest of the show, yeah. Glasgow City, some dude called Anthony Samaroff. Ward 11, Hillhead. Scott McKelvey, another guest of this very show. That's true, twice. Yeah, Ward 20, Bailison, or Bailiston if you like. Bailiston. Yeah. Highland. 
Harry Christian, last but not least, Harry Christian up Harry there, Christian. Ward for Harry Christian. Harry, sorry about that, Harry. Harry <laughs> Christian, Ward for East Sutherland and Edderton. So that's the list of no, candidates. Uh, there's a full list of these candidates at www.votelibertarian.co.uk. So get out, vote for your libertarian candidate, and uh, it's going to be exciting times. Let's hope, we, who knows, we may even get. I want to even make a, a, a councillor. So what would an, a madcap ANCAP like me do if I won a council seat? Would that Resign. Be the, would that mean <laughs> you the biggest criticism? They'd make, make you the cock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I, can just, uh, I can just defer to the Walter Block argument, which is, no, I'm undermining the state through counter-economics by accepting that salary in order to spread the message of liberty. You could always accept the salary and then give it to a charity of, uh, of people's choice. Right. Well, of people's choice. That would, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a bit, yeah. so that's a bit democratic. Uh, what a cuck. Um, I'll, right, yeah. I'll, I'll donate half to the party and the other half to... Um, well, but could you do that? I suppose you could. It's it your salary, you can do what you like with it. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how much a council actually gets. It's not much more than about 15, 20 grand, something like that. Um, I guess yeah, it depends we, on we, where you're. Yeah. So you're from Hell, Hellhead. A job for four years, isn't it? Yeah. Jobs for the boys. Hellhead, that's uh, former George Galloway territory. Is it? And yeah. It's very near the university, so I think it's quite a left leaning area. So it would be very interesting to get down to do some campaigning. Have you been informed of any hustings as yet? Not yet, but I look for That's another thing. I'm hoping to get, if there are debates, I'm hoping to get them filmed and uh, maybe we can put them on this channel. Yeah, that would um, be great, yeah. And uh, you might participate in some debates as well. I've got one, I believe there's one on the 29th of April at Stockbridge Parish Church, uh, Stockbridge in Edinburgh. That's for the Inverleith Ward. Uh, I'm going to try my utmost to get to that one. I may be working and not be able to get out of it, but if I can, I will be there. Um, so, uh, yeah, but that's that's the only one I know of so far, um, but there'll, there'll probably be, be more in the run-up. So it's a great way to spread the message of liberty, even uh, for those who aren't interested in political action. Our, the name of the party is going to be on several ballots, and since most people in Scotland haven't even heard the word libertarian, yeah. It's bound to raise a few eyebrows and make people go, oh, I wonder what that is. And they'll look us up and find out about our ideas, hopefully. So that's my main motive um, for getting involved. And I was happy to encourage some other people to get involved too. It's, we're making history. We are, this, we are making history as we speak. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the amount of candidates we've got. I'm happy with the uh, sort of diversity of candidates and backgrounds that we've got there. Uh, it's tremendous, exciting times, maybe living interesting times. And with that, do with you have that, anything to add? I only have to add, uh, don't be a righty. Or a lefty. Be, be libertarian, libertarian and vote libertarian. And vote libertarian. <laughs>